Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie Harris, it is March the 8th. Yes, happy Monday. Yep, and we had a very interesting clubhouse this morning um, where we had the chief economic advisor, counselor, guru, whatever his title was, from what was it again? Housing Wire. Housing Wire. And he's uh, an economist, I think, basically. Economist, that was it. And he showed up and he just schooled us all on all kinds of facts and figures about mm-hmm. what's going on in um, the real estate um, economy, real estate market. And he was really very optimistic as much as an you know economist can be right <laughs> he's a, he's basically <laughs> as someone who knows the facts can be right exactly but he was essentially saying that there's absolutely no chance for a real estate crash i'll just give you the summary yeah the highlights right that no chance for a real estate crash that the real estate boom that's exper- that we're all experiencing right now is definitely being fueled by low interest rates but he said it's not something he basically said it's all mostly it's demographics and there's a the when we've been talking about it on this podcast endlessly but the big demographic shifts that are happening right now it's globally but primarily in the United States it's never really happened there's not been this many people in the family formation stages of you know life at one time pretty much ever the this you know here, here's an interesting fact the millennial generation actually shadows um, or essentially not shadows, but there's echo. No, not even echoes. There's more millennials than there are baby boomers by a hell of a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. I just can't say it uh, very articulately. That's okay. Right. So the bottom line is, is that there's a hell of a lot more millennials than there ever were uh, baby boomers. And so the housing market now is controlled by essentially baby boomers who are, uh, you know, in different phases of life and, you know, the millennials that are different phases of life and then the generation Xers are, you know, here and there. But moral of the story is, is his theory, and he had lots of facts and figures to back it up, was this isn't a artificial housing boom. This is a demographic triggered housing boom that essentially has some extra fuel simply because of the low interest rates. And um, yeah, it was very fascinating. We talked about interest rates. He gave us predictions for what was going to uh, happen post-COVID. And we had a lot of conversation about what different um, top coaches and other really, I think, thought leaders and true influencers in the real estate industry that were all on our clubhouse event this morning, they were talking about what they were theorizing would happen uh, post-COVID. It was very, very interesting. It was a great way to start mm-hmm. the day. Definitely. And we officially have our own rooms now on Clubhouse, which is something I've been vying for, which is uh, something really uh, that will make it easier for you to find our rooms. And so go to Clubhouse, assuming you're on the app, and I know not all of you guys are yet, and look for, it's called Real Estate Coaching. How about that? Simple enough, right? So just look for the Real Estate Coaching Room, and we have this event that starts every morning at 8 a.m. East Coast. And uh, yeah, you're all invited. And don't worry if uh, you are on um, an Android phone, because evidently they're expanding to Android uh, like this week or next week. And also, if you can't quite get into Clubhouse yet, I'll tell you, you have to go download the app on your phone, iPhone users, and then at least reserve your name. 
And the reason is, is because there's going to be a digital gold rush to people grabbing names and whatnot as soon as this goes public. Because remember, Clubhouse is still technically not even an open app yet. It's still in a beta test form, even though there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people on it globally. I was just, prior to this podcast, I was just listening to a very interesting podcast. It was probably 50% real estate people in Monaco, of all things. And they were talking about what's going on in the Monarchies real estate market and places to stay and restaurants to go to. And it was really fascinating because I would love to go there. I think the Monaco Grand Prix is in May this year or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so the whole thing is that that's the thing that Clubhouse is doing is it's opening up unfettered access to information that you, I, frankly, I'm stumbling across. Well, just the gentleman today that came onto our Clubhouse, he found our room. He decided that he wanted to pr- participate. And that's what makes this platform so special is you never know who you're going to hear and uh, hear from and what you're going to hear them say. So definitely take advantage of that. And um, don't lose heart if you can't get in right away. Just make sure you go and you download the app and then you grab your username and then just wait patiently. I understand that most people are getting with getting in with it uh, within seven days, even without a direct invitation. So there you go. Yes. So it's, it's kind of a new definition of popping in and popping out. You can pop into a clubhouse, see, you know, what you like and what you don't like, and you can pop out and other people, you never know who's going to pop in like your economist guy. I thought that was pretty exciting. What we're going to be using Clubhouse for primarily <laughs> is um, unfettered, like unstructured conversation. It's not a like a presentation like what no. we'll do on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're going to take some ideas that we learn from Clubhouse and apply them to our podcast and back and forth, right? Sure, and it's a conversation. It's a, it's a great way for all of our podcast fans um, and listeners and coaching clients. It's a great way for them to have direct communication with other like-minded individuals who are also on the same success path. Oh, something else I'll mention to you that this economist said this morning. He said that this real estate market and the real estate boom and the opportunities in real estate really were just getting started. And he had zero fears of any sort of uh, real downside. He was hoping interest rates would go off or go up so that it would slow the real estate markets down a little bit. And um, again, no signs of a real estate crash, according to him. And a lot of other people too, and Julie and I believe that as well. There's no signs of a real estate crash. There's no reason to believe it's going to happen. No big precipitous drop in prices. Um, So yeah, all green lights ahead. Just make sure you guys are in the fast lane. So today we're going to be talking about, what is this topic, Julie? Well, we're talking about what goes on inside your brains. Is it reality or isn't it? And I have lots of different examples we can get into. So doesn't this, this is basically, you and I thought of this topic because a lot of people will have these limiting beliefs about themselves Mm -hmm. and they don't challenge those limiting beliefs and sometimes ever true and the years and decades will pass while they're carrying around these beliefs about themselves and their potentiality and all the rest of it and and until they come across what you're about to present they will sometimes not realize what a burden um, that that belief about themselves or their potential actually has been and all of us are essentially assigned um, limiting beliefs from from the day we are born, we're born into environments with, we're born, you know, obviously to parents and around communities and whatnot, that they'll pass along their limiting beliefs about money, about success, about, you know, life, about all those things. They'll pass them along to you for free and you don't even know that you've adopted them, right? And until you confront those limiting beliefs or those, again, those beliefs about yourself, and we're focused primarily on business owners, real estate business owners specifically. So we're going to focus mostly on your limiting beliefs as pertains to your ability to be extremely successful and to be rich and rich simply being where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. So as Julie goes through these examples and she's going to read you something, I want you to start by writing down five limiting beliefs you have about yourself. 
And I really want you to think about this because this is an excellent way for you to be introspective. And, and, and you can even make it, it doesn't have to be about business necessarily. It might be easier for you to write a limiting belief about maybe like what you believe about yourself. Maybe you think that you're over the hill. Maybe you think you're too old. Maybe you think you're too young. Maybe you think you're not attractive enough. Maybe you think you're you know not smart enough. Maybe you think whatever, right? Whatever it is that you think about yourself that you think is actually true. Like this is a fact about Bob. Bob has these characteristics. Bob has these beliefs. I want you to, you know, if you're driving, <laughs> a, lot as you, a lot of you are while you're listening to us, maybe just think of one or two and just hold those in your mind. Things that you absolutely positively know about yourself that no one's ever going to convince you otherwise. And try to focus on things that are the limiting beliefs that are holding you back. Thus the term limiting beliefs, right? So think about what those are. And I'll give you an example. Julie used to have a limiting belief about her ability to run, right? Julie may have had a limiting belief about her ability to run because she did not come from an athletic family. At all. At all, right. (laughs) We're not talking about running like run across the street or run to get groceries. We're talking about like run on a treadmill, run on a track. A timed mile. A timed mile, for example. Which she never did. Did you ever do a timed mile when you were in high school? I skipped gym almost all the time. Exactly. So there you go. (laughs) And it was reinforced in how you were raised because your parents were, you know. they didn't care. They didn't care, exactly. (laughs) And your dad was a physicist. Your mom was a Spanish teacher. Your dad was a physics teacher. And you, you know, the most... Uh, you know, it's, you went to marching band and band practice and all the rest of this stuff. And, and there was no, it, no one was ever basically trying to encourage you to be athletic. But what's more, mm-hmm. if you were honest mm-hmm. and, and be, you know, completely retrospective, you were also maybe treated as a little bit of a Faberge egg when you were a kid. Well, because I had allergies and stuff. Right. And you had allergies and you had, you know. I was never made to do anything physical. Right. And, but you were also maybe led to believe when you were younger that you were a little bit maybe more fragile than you. Possibly, maybe yeah. subconsciously, but yeah. Right. I mean, I see, I have to stop myself doing that from Zoe because I hate her being sick. So like, you know, maybe not going in the swimming pool when you've got a sniffle because that'll turn into an ear infection, which will cause you to have st- strep throat. I mean, it is a slippery slope. But remember we talked about yesterday, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Stress is a good thing. I know. And it, I fight with that even on certain things. I mean, I recognize it, but I, I can kind of see like how my parents took that probably a little too, too far. far yeah and i have to stop myself and I, I hate the whole immunity thing but i i know that's real so whereas, whereas my parents didn't take it far enough right <laughs> right or somewhere in between I, i'd be some sort of you know walking petri dish when i was a kid because my parents would never take me to but the to doctor school. exactly i remember going to school when i had strep throat and the nurse sent me home and basically made mom take me to the doctor and i remember the doctor like this we looked at my throat and essentially looked at my mom and basically yelled at her because he couldn't yeah. believe that he hadn't you know seen me sooner and and explain to her all the nasty things that could come from untreated uh, strep throat. So that was my experience versus Julie's experience. <laughs> well, I was kept in a bubble for the next month. If Julie was bit by a mosquito, they put her in the bubble. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Intended to her yeah. constantly. Well, well, but this all plays into what we're talking about here. And let me, let me present the pattern. Mm-hmm. And then we'll drill down on some questions that are at the end that you don't have on the screen yet. So all the suffering that goes on inside our minds is not reality, says Byron Katie. It's just a short story that we torture ourselves with. She has a simple, completely replicable system for freeing ourselves of the thoughts that make us suffer. All war begins on paper, she explains. You write down your stressful thoughts and then you ask yourself the following four questions. Now, this has been quoted and used in different ways and massaged about, but I think the basic pattern is very sound. But again, and I've used this on coaching calls too. Again, yeah. start with, so that she's going to go through these questions, listeners, and I want you to hold one limiting belief about yourself in your mind as Julia is presenting these different questions. And I promise you on the other side of this, and it won't take long, it will not be painful, 
Well, maybe it will mentally. <laughs> maybe maybe if you that it's okay, though. It's maybe okay. that limiting belief is something that's so intertwined into how you see see yourself, and, and you know basically it's become part of you. And to let that thing go might cause you some discomfort, but good. So hold one limiting belief that you have about yourself as Julia is going through question numero uno. Okay, and there's only four questions, so don't freak out. We're gonna get to the end here pretty quick. Question number one: Is it true? This question can change your life. Be still. Ask yourself unless you're driving. Ask yourself at the thought that you if, if the thought that you wrote down or you're holding in your head is it true and there's only two answers yes or no should we maybe th- so we're going through true? this can we like drill down maybe give a you know we're sure. trying to get them to think about it maybe it'd okay. be easier for us to actually think about for them so let's pick something for example that you hear a lot from your coaching clients about their lim- that maybe a limiting belief that is holding them back. Can you think of one? Well, it's not always being super personally introspective. They do it a lot with situations too. Okay. So is it true? I'll tell you one thing that I read a lot and you, you address this a little bit with housing wire economist guy. Okay. I should stop telling you, calling him guy, you're economist. Okay. So agents will post this market isn't going to last forever. It's going to crash any day now. Yep. They, then they believe that and it's a limiting belief because they don't take the action that they would if they didn't believe that. So I'll tell you, actually, you weren't on the clubhouse, but the mm-hmm. gal named Seven, who's been on our uh, clubhouse before, very mm-hmm. smart gal in Colorado, mm-hmm. always has great questions. And has a cool first name too, Seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's it's spelled S-E-V-I-N. That's cool. Yeah, it is like cool. It. I know. Memorable. Anyway, she, she's the one that asked the question. And you're right. She teed the question up asking him uh, by essentially saying, that is this not going to crash? Are there, you know, all these scenarios? And she even said low down payments. And she was, she, you could tell that she had, um, you know, really built within her own uh, mental framework that the real estate market wasn't going to last. It was going to crash and, you know, it was going to be real estate Armageddon. Like it had to crash. Right. And by the way, before you get to uh, question two, before we forget, because often we do forget to actually, <laughs> if you guys have not completed your 2021 business plan yet, um, we're going to stop offering this uh, probably tomorrow. Well, we're going to still offer it, but we're going to move to something else for you guys. But if you've not finished your 2021 business plan, please text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link. And with that link, you can download the Real Estate Treasure Map. It's your fill-in-the-blank life and business plan. And you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So go ahead, take action now, and text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And also, a lot of you have been asking me about our coaching programs. The easiest way to find out about our coaching programs is just go directly to our website, which is timandjulieharris.com. And you can read about them um, on our main website, timandjulieharris.com. But in the interim, no matter what, make sure you download your 2021 business plan by texting 2021 to 855-685-1045. 855-685-1045. By the way, it's not just the real estate treasure map we're going to give you. We're also giving you Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, your 12-monthly generation guide. So all that stuff is free. So just go ahead and send that text down. We'll text you back and there's no obligation whatsoever. We'll text you back a link and it goes to a secret page on our website. You can download the free books. Yes. Yeah, so question number one, is it true? All right. So is it actually true? And let, let's say that you're just on question one and you still want to believe that the market's going to crash. So what was our example? What was our, the, for example, let's give like a real The market's going study. to crash. The okay, market's going right. to come to an end and it can't last forever. What goes up must come down. So our good old friend, Bob, believes that the, the poor Bob, poor Bob, 
Poor Bob. Bob's got a lot of dysfunction. He's got some problems. He does. And, and <laughs> if, if there's a Bob listing, which I'm sure there is because, like, you know, thousands, <laughs> 10,000 plus of you will listen, we're not talking about you. We're talking about no. fictitious Bob. Yes. The Bob Don't that's listening Bob. or the Bobs that are listening, you're great. You're perfect. No worries. <laughs> it's this fake Bob that we're making fun of. Yeah. All right. So this fake Bob is basically saying to himself, the market's going to crash. Uh, it's all going to be real estate Armageddon. There's going to be, you know, it's people are going to be homeless. We're going to be living in caves and we're going to be hunting iguanas. Okay. Exactly. And he's holding on to that. And he's holding on to that. Until he, question two. And he watches YouTube videos. And he's looking for any re- information to reinforce. Confirmation his, bias. Exactly. His belief. And oh, and Facebook algorithm, the you know, the AI yeah. in Facebook knows it. And it's paying attention to the fact that Bob loves real estate Armageddon stories. So Facebook's uh, search algorithm is only feeding Bob what it perceives that Bob wants, which is more information to reinforce his strongly held belief that the real estate market is going to go to hell in a handbasket that's soon going to be a hellscape dumpster fires everywhere okay that's what that's all bob that's just going in bob's head okay (laughs) then we go to question number two can you absolutely know it's true now this is another opportunity to open your mind and go deeper into the unknown to find the answers that live beneath what we think that we know remember question number one you think you know this can you absolutely know it's true? And that's very interesting because often agents will be like taking a Facebook survey or something like that. And then somebody will chime in with some actual facts that start making fictitious Bob think a little bit more deeply about this. Like the gentleman this morning, the economist. Perfect right? example. So you start out by saying, so Bob, is it true? Is it absolutely true that the real estate market's going to be a hellscape? Okay, you, you know, is it true? So you don't necessarily know, but let's just say, based on your opinion, that it is. So the next question, as Julie just proposed, is can you absolutely know it's true? Can you absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, know, Bob, that the real estate markets are going to crash and it's going to be real estate, real estate Armageddon? Can you know it's true? So now Bob's going to think, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure, but maybe I'm going to start possibly considering that maybe I don't actually know it for a fact. So I go to question number three. How do you react or what happens when you believe, when you hang on to that thought, in this case, Bob's believing the market's going to crash. With this question, you begin to notice internal cause and effect. You see that when you believe the thought, there's a disturbance that can range from mild discomfort to fear or panic. What do you feel? How do you treat the person or the situation that you're written about? You know, in this case, Bob's fear of the market crashing. How do you treat yourself when you believe that? Make a list and be specific. I'll give you some examples, Tim. So Bob doesn't feel comfortable going on listing presentations because he knows that he's going to give the seller potentially a price that he himself is uncomfortable with, believing that it's inflated. Well, I actually had a coaching client like this. And yes, Gary, I'm talking about you. So Gary, <laughs> Gary's- Gary Bob. Yeah, Gary Bob. So Gary sells in the Inland Empire. We won't mention his last name, uh, but he is listening. And Gary is one of these guys that's constantly looking on the, you know, basically the glass is half full type, you know, approach to real estate. Tendency. And I'll that. tell you where that leads to him. It leads him. It leads him to, again, he's way wrapped up in confirmation bias, always looking for reasons to believe that what he's mm-hmm. thinking is true. And then that gives him a permission, that gives him permission to not do what he doesn't want to do when he doesn't want to do at the That's highest it, level. It? it is the bottom mm-hmm. line. So when Gary basically, um, it, you know, starts basically focusing on the worst case scenario, 
that gives him permission to actually essentially uh, cave up, right? You know, build his reserves, become a survivalist, wait for the you know real estate in Armageddon to start, and he then it will give himself permission then to not do what he doesn't want to do. He's not going to pick up the phone. He's not going to prospect. He's just going to sit back and wait for the world to tell him he was right. And why the hell should he be working hard doing and making himself uncomfortable doing what he doesn't want to do if tomorrow is going to be worse than today? And that's basically the philosophy of many people. And then what happens, again, a lot of you guys find yourselves addicted to things like, for example, CNN and maybe it's Fox News, looking for things to reinforce your own confirmation bias because you're getting a benefit from thinking that way. And I think it's obvious. In Gary's case, his benefit is that he doesn't have to do what he doesn't want to do when he doesn't want to do it at the highest level. That's what he's getting from believing what he's believing. That's right. So here's where the rubber meets the road. Question number four, who would you be without that thought? Oh, that's radical thinking, right? So imagine yourself in the presence of that person or that situation without believing that thought. How would your life be different if you didn't have the ability to even think about that stressful thought, it was just completely removed thoughtectomy. How would you feel? Would you prefer life with or without the thought? Which feels kinder? Which feels more peaceful? Which feels better to you? Just remove that thought and what happens to the person that you are. So you can go through this as any way, any way you want to. I mean, you could, we'll, we'll go over that last point, but you could go like, let's blaze through this and let's give another common held belief. Well, we right? have to do, we have to apply number four to the turnaround because that's the resolution. Oh, I get that. But let's go okay. through another. Let's sure. just give another example to okay. show them how it works, giving another example. Yep. All right. Let's say it's somebody like, um, you know, maybe you think you're too old to be successful. Your better sure. days are behind you, right? Yep. So the, the first thing is, you know, um, Bob's good friend, Bud. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Bud now believes that he's too old. Let's say Bud's 65. He's never really had the success he wanted in life. Um, he sees all these people talking about all these things that he doesn't really even want to bother to learn. He's not going to make TikTok videos. and Technology intimidates and, him. Right, exactly. So he's just figured that life has passed him by and, you know, he's an artifact. And after all, his parents were retired when they were 60 and maybe that's when he should start giving it up and start just thinking about, you know, doing nothing. Living but, on the social security check. Exactly. Or whatever, right? So in other words, he still feels his desire to contribute to the world. He still has lots of life left in him, but he just basically is starting to, you know, give up, basically. He's essentially getting ready for the home before the home, in essence. So his first question, the first question is, you know, Bud needs to ask himself, is it true, Bud? Are you really too old? Okay, is it is it really true? You know, that question number one, are you absolutely, you know, are, are you indeed too old to be successful? Number two, can you absolutely, Bud, know that it's true? It's it's true. Can you absolutely know for sure that you're too old to actually still accomplish your dreams and your your ambitions in your life? You know, is it absolutely true that your better days are behind you? Now you start questioning that, right? Right. And so because you can't know it's true, mm -hmm. and you can't certainly absolutely know it's true. And that's the point of the question because of right. the, how it's phrased. Can you absolutely know that it's true? Because and you can't, you can't know that about anything. Well, really? no, not really. I mean, in essence, a lot of things that yeah. people t that are assume are like gravity is a theory. I know, even right? time. And, yeah, I mean, we could go down that route. Right. I mean, bit, a yeah. lot of, yeah, virtually everything is, you know, the uh, evolution is a theory. All the things that we believe are true are theories. Now, granted, they're, you know, closely held and held by pretty much everyone. And maybe, but they're theories until something better comes along. And so you can't absolutely know anything. Is, you know, we could be living in holograms right now. Uh, we could literally all be in some big computer system in some cloud. And, well, you know, I mean, some, and you can't prove that that's absolutely not true. Can't right. You? Elon Musk talked about I know that. It. I know. So, so to, to think you absolutely know something, 
um, is wrong. That's a bad place. That's a bad mindset to have. Now you can have faith. That's different. Faith is different. But when it comes to limiting beliefs, can you absolutely know that your limiting beliefs are true? You can't is the answer. Question number three, bud, how do you, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? So when bud believes that he's too old, his best days are behind him. How does he react? Well, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't even get up in the morning. He, you know, he thinks playing shuffleboard, you know, two days a week is, is a good, is a life well spent. Even though if he didn't think his better days were behind him, the reality of it is he could create magnificent things with the rest of his life. His better days, his best days could still be ahead of him if he chose for them uh, to be that way. Which is question number four. Who he, would you be without that thought? Right. If Bud let go of his belief that his better days were behind him. What would he do with his day? What would be different if you didn't even get to have that thought anymore? You should read your notes because those are really good notes. I know you already have, but read them again. So what would you be without the thought, bud, that you're too old and your best days are behind you? How would your life be different if you didn't even have the ability to think of that stressful thought? How would you feel? Which do you prefer, a life with or without that thought? Which feels kinder, more peaceful, more like you? So it's an interesting process, isn't it? Now, what your ego will want you to do is hold on to the limiting belief and beliefs that you have about yourself because you've built a support structure around those limiting beliefs. And your ego is that thing you feel inside of you that causes you to feel fear that you know essentially prevents you from moving forward. And when you come up, bud, and you're thinking about, well, you know what? Maybe I'm not too old. Maybe I really can maybe go to the Monaco Grand Prix this year. You know, maybe I I can write a book. Maybe I can um, do the things in life that I've always wanted to do, but I haven't been able to do. And you know, and you start to internalize it. You start to feel it. You start to think about it. You start to actually mentally re, you know, retune your, your mind to the accomplishment of those particular goals and tasks. Well, then what happens is you actually will then, your mind will start focusing on the accomplishment of those particular goals and you will then create the path forward. Your mind will almost do it for you and the opportunity you'll find has always been around you. So if you decide, for example, that you want to go to Monaco, well, you know, it's maybe in your present mindset, but you're not going to be able to afford it. It's too expensive. And you have all these reasons why you couldn't possibly do it. But let's say you do want to do it. And you want to do it by May. And here we are basically at the beginning of March. You now don't have that much time to figure it out. I guarantee you that if you put your mind to it, you'd figure out how to do it which is what the last step, your action step is about. It's called the turnaround. The turnaround gives you an opportunity to experience the opposite of what you've been believing. Once you've found one or more turnarounds to your original statement, you're in, you, now you find at least three specific genuine examples of how each turnaround is true now in your life. You have now recreated that truth that you believe. So you've got to do that turnaround. So I, I'm not too old actually. And here's some evidence of that because Maybe I took a new listing last week and that created a lot of activity because I had the thought that, you know what, I'm going to see, I'm going to get off my butt, I'm going to do my lead follow-up, whatever the case may be, right? Well, one of the best ways, frankly, to confront your own limiting beliefs is exposing yourself to people that are similar to For you sure. that don't have them, right? Yeah. Um, that's the main thing is lack of exposure to how different lifestyles, different cultures sometimes, but mostly it's just essentially getting out of your own way. I'll never forget. Whoop. Uh -oh. 
Microphone drop, unintentional. <laughs> yeah, mic <laughs> drop. That wasn't even a good point. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, I remember when you and I started when we were kids traveling out of Columbus, Ohio. Sure. And that's when you and I really started having our minds expanded to realize how many limiting beliefs we had. Mm-hmm. And everybody around us was passing along those limiting beliefs they had about themselves to us. They're sort of these gifts that you get. Mm-hmm. You know, you're expected, you were expected to be a teacher. I was expected to be, I don't even know what, right? And then you have all these, and then it's reinforced. And because you're surrounded by other people that then essentially succumb to the same limiting beliefs that were instilled in them, these little, you know, limiting belief gift packs that we get ever since the day we were born. You know, Julie, well, you're... Some of them you don't even realize until right. you're coming, going through the opposite. I remember even something as minor as the first time we drove out west, like yeah. really dr- didn't fly it over it. We actually drove it. And I, I never realized that I kind of didn't buy that out west really looked like that <laughs> yeah. until we went through i guess it was on the other side of south dakota when you go through the columbia river gorge and mm-hmm. like the whole landscape opens up to it you just changes and it's like oh my goodness it actually looks like this like holy tamale i i remember the first time we saw the milky way like i didn't think you I could know, actually Montana. see that with your uh with your naked eye are you kidding me yeah you know you don't even realize that you had that limiting belief that you thought that that was just a painting in national geographic and it couldn't be that amazing well, until about, you see it. How about this? So we were young when we sold over 100 houses our first year. Mm-hmm. And so we probably helped shatter other people's limiting beliefs about what they're capable of doing at any Hopefully. age. And intentionally, because we really, sure. yeah. So, but when we then started to travel and we started to run into other people that were a little bit older than us, sometimes, you know, we were in our early 20s and they may have been like in the early 30s. But then if you go to Southern California, you go to some of these other well-established areas where they're, you know, we got this exposure through Howard Britton. Mm-hmm. And you saw how, well, hell, you know what, if you sell more expensive houses and have a higher, you know, average sale price, there's a lot more right. of everything you can enjoy when you huh. experience that. <laughs> and, right. and had we not had those experiences of being exposed to other people, we probably would have kept selling the same inexpensive houses that we'd start out selling our first year and wouldn't have moved across town to New Albany and start house, selling houses that were, you know, basically 10 times the average sale price of what we've been selling. That's right. I mean, I even like in the um, the Harris Rules book, you guys should get from Amazon. I write about my running experience. You started at the top of the podcast. I didn't, you know, I had never really been exposed to somebody mostly because I skipped gym class thinking (laughs) I couldn't handle it uh, until we went to Orange Theory and I saw one of the coaches, you know, running at 11 miles an hour on an 11 incline and living to tell about it like 20 minutes later. I didn't think a human could do that. And then I thought, huh, I wonder how a person goes about doing that and went to the coaches and they talked about, you know, incremental increases and, you know, all that kind of thing. It's because I never sought it out. I was keeping that limiting belief. I'll never be able to do that. And then eventually I got to that point, not for as long as she does it, but the possibility of being able to do it was opened up in my mind instead of that limiting belief. I'll never be able to do that. You know, it's fascinating too, is you don't realize you have limiting beliefs until you're confronted with somebody that doesn't have them. Yes, and that's that's, that's really that's it goes back to the exposure thing. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to but do for you. You have to actively pursue exposure. You do. It's not going to happen to you. And really, not if, the good stuff anyway. In, in your own environment, you're going to be surrounded by reinforcements for the how you live right now, what's around you right now, your community, your friends, your house, your family, everything. All of that stuff is a mirror of your past thoughts. It's an exact representation of how you've thought in the past. So if you don't like things that are around you then there's things about your thinking about what you think you deserve in life that are being representative in those compromises that are surrounding you. And all of us have some. Sure. Well, I made a short list of things to think about. What are your beliefs, for example, about success? We used Bob and Bud as examples. 
What are your beliefs about money or profit? That's a big black hole for some people. What about specific types of lead generation where you believe, oh, that can't work for me. It won't work in my market. It won't work in my price range. What about building a team? What about buying leads? You know, what are your actual beliefs, right? And I see this mostly right now. I have to say, I see this a lot when they're negotiating with each other and they tend to make up stories about each other's clients or about the agent. Oh, that agent must be an idiot because they brought me this contract that in fact you don't understand, but it's because you've never seen it before. What are your limiting beliefs? Oh, that person's ghosting me because fill in the blank. Well, is it true? Do you know it's absolutely true? You know, who would you be if you didn't believe that? Are you, I, we have a rule with uh, Premier Coaching that you're not allowed to make up stories unless you have facts to back it and to cut that out because what they're doing is they're using it as an excuse not to call somebody. Absolutely. And so really the essence of all this, though, the bottom line is what's your limiting belief about your ability to be rich and free? Yep. You know, rich is where your money works for you. You no longer work for your money. And if you get to the real heart of why you're in the real estate business in the first place, um, it isn't to have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level for your entire life. No. You'll always have, even as you become financially independent, you're going to have to spend at least 10% of your day doing you know, what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Okay. But the reality of it is, is that most of you never even spend 1% of your day operating like that. And if you don't, you're never going to develop the skills. And you're never going to develop the business. You're never actually going to develop a profitable business. But if you have as your North Star, the idea of being rich, where your money works for you, where you wake up every morning knowing that you have enough money coming in and at the truest passive, you know, passive sense, if that is your goal, that can only come from you running a profitable real estate business. And some of you, you know, essentially have limiting beliefs about your ability to actually be rich, rich and free. And I would suggest to all of you, challenge all of you, that you start making that your North Star, not making ego or fame or being recognized or trying to create a brand for yourself. Look, all those things might have a place in your business, might is what I said, but the question you really have to be running everything through, or the filter you need to be running everything through is, is this going to produce an actual increase in net profit or not? And if it won't, don't do it because then you're doing it around the reinforcement that you have limiting beliefs about your ability to actually have enough net profit that someday you can actually be rich and free. That's essentially what I think yeah. that would be the litmus test for all of them with regards to their limiting beliefs as pertains to so. business. Yeah. I think so. And we had an interesting um, little conversation a few clubhouses ago about limiting beliefs about uh, success, like your ability to handle mm -hmm. handling more, that if you go around believing that you are at capacity, maybe you are today temporarily, but that doesn't mean that you're at capacity the rest of your life. Maybe you've got to, you know, hire a transaction coordinator or refer some of that business out. Well, that, but you can get stuck in the belief that you can't handle more. The belief is, exactly. The belief is I can't handle more. The belief right. is I am too busy. The belief really is I don't think I deserve more success. Yeah, that's what it is. That's really what stuck. it is. Right. And so guys, really use this information as a challenge to all of your uh, you know, in some cases, funky thinking about yourself. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you think you're too old, too young, too fat, too smart, too dumb, too rich, too poor, too this, too the other thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whatever it is that you're thinking about yourself, you've got to really write it down. And I'll challenge all of you as your homework assignment is write down five limiting beliefs that you have about yourself and run them th through these four filters. The four filters, Julie, are? Question number one, is it true? Number two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Number three, how do you react? What happens to you? Who are you? Because you believe that thought. Question number four, who would you be without that thought? And then the turnaround, that's your opportunity to believe the opposite and look for evidence of it. There you go, guys. That's your podcast for today. Thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast.
podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We're vying for the world. Why not think big, right? <laughs> Our limiting belief was that we could only be number one in the United States. But Julie and I start, decided at the beginning of this year, well, frankly, encouraged by the fact that we're listened to in 50 different countries now, that didn't help or yeah. hurt, rather. Right. Yeah. So the fact that we're listened to in a, by a global audience and increasing date, uh, numbers every day, well, that encouraged us to challenge our limiting belief about how many people we could actually appeal to. Because we thought what we were saying, our jib-jab was essentially only going to be appealing to um, you know, U.S. folks. It turns out we were wrong because we have really? listeners all over the world, yes. which is amazing. Belief changed. Yeah, belief changed. And by, by the way, our book is being sold all over the world. So yep. people are finding us um, you know, and, and, and that's great because then it gives us an opportunity to help as many people as, frankly, more people than we thought was possible because we probably had limiting beliefs about the number of people mm-hmm. that would uh, discover us, enjoy our content, enjoy our books and our coaching. And now we realize that we have the potential to have a global audience, which is incredibly exciting. So if there's anything we can ever do for you, remember, you can always text me directly at 512 512- Five eight zero two zero six five one two seven five eight zero two five one two. What is it? Five seven five eight zero two zero six. Yep. See, I'm going to be fifty one tomorrow, yeah, and I'm already. It's yeah, kind of coming out. I see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Tim, um, you're not too old. You can handle this. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Have a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.